Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. More than 60 million years ago, an asteroid struck the Earth. That killed all non-avian dinosaurs and opened the doors to mammals dominating. So how did we go from rat-like creatures running around between the feet of dinosaurs to the top of the food chain? Kendra Tritz is an assistant professor in the UBC Department of Earth, Ocean and Atmospheric Sciences. And uh, Dr. Tritz is co-leading a multi-million dollar research project looking at this very thing. And uh, Kendra Tritz joins us on the line now. Critz. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. This seems like a very interesting study. How do you even begin? Yeah, well, it begins with, first of all, a really good team. Uh, So this is a collaborative grant, it's called, where we have many different scientists working across seven collaborating institutions across North America. And we have paleontologists, we have paleobotanists, We have people looking at the chemistry of past environments, uh, the soils, the rocks themselves. So we're trying to get this really big picture of what the Earth looked like at this time period. Um, So that's one part of it. And the other part of it is having a really excellent fossil record so we can actually explore what mammals were like at this time period. And we have both of those things. I understand a lot of this is focused as well on teeth and and looking at these well-preserved fossilized teeth. What can you learn from that? Yes, absolutely. So teeth are a really critical part of understanding what these mammals were like. Teeth are very hard, so they enter the fossil record and they stay preserved for you know millions of years. And what's also really interesting about teeth and particularly your tooth enamel, is that because it's so hard um, and it only really forms once during your life, it records these chemical signatures of things like your diet, the kind of climate that you lived in, um, whether or not you've been traveling between different geographical regions. So what my research group at UBC does is we do chemical analysis on this fossil tooth enamel, and we can reconstruct things like Um, diet and which mammals were where on the food chain and those kinds of things. So teeth are a critical part of this whole study. Hmm. How does it, how does that actually work though, that when you look at the fossilized teeth, how does the enamel actually record all of that? Yeah. So basically what we'll have to do is we go and we have to drill a little bit of the teeth. So you can't, you have to actually analyze it chemically. Um, And we can combine this with other lines of evidence for, what these mammals might have been doing in their ecosystems just by looking at the shape of those teeth. Um, You know, if you think about a carnivore, they have sharp teeth that slices meat versus herbivores, which have teeth with big flat grinding surfaces to eat lots of plant material. So we can just look at the shape of the teeth themselves, but then we can also drill a little bit of that enamel and we collect powder uh, and then we can analyze the actual 
uh, elements in that enamel, things like carbon, calcium, magnesium, oxygen, all of that is all stored within the teeth itself. So that's what we're actually looking at when we're analyzing this tooth enamel. So you would be able to know things then uh, if, say, a changing diet, would that then tell you kind of how the planet was changing or if new uh, types of food were becoming available? Yes, definitely. And what's really interesting about these mammals in particular, the ones that survived the asteroid impact that killed off the dinosaurs and then went on to evolve to become all this incredible mammal diversity that we have on the planet, is that a number of other changes occurred at the same time um, as changes in their teeth. So we knew that body size was getting bigger. Um, the mammals that survived the asteroid impact were quite small, like 10 uh, kilograms or less. And then they increased in size to up to 100 kilograms within a few hundred thousand years, which is very impressive. And so what we really want to know is alongside these changes in body size, um, the evolution of new species, was their diet actually changing too? And that's something that we haven't had a really clear picture of uh, up until this point. And is the idea then this will also give us a better idea, not that we like to think about mass extinction events, but uh, given that uh, if we were to see that again, does this give us a better idea on how the world would respond or how things would like, would look, what things would look like then moving forward from that? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the main goals of this project. So basically, you know, the world when the dinosaurs were around at the end Cretaceous was a really different world. It was hot. Uh, it was kind of a very, you know, what we think of as a greenhouse world. It was that, um, you know, the, the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere could have been as much as 2000 ppm. It was much warmer today. And then once the asteroid struck, it threw a lot of debris up into the atmosphere and it kind of put Earth into this sort of nuclear winter uh, type climate. So pretty much overnight, we went from a very warm planet full of dinosaurs to a much colder planet with all these catastrophic events happening, um, lots of fires and tidal waves and things like that. So it's this instantaneous climatic change um, and all these different catastrophes happening as well. And then 75% of life on Earth went extinct. And you have these survivors. And what we're really looking at is how long does it take in the wake of this cataclysmic event that kills off all of these different organisms on Earth? Uh, how long does it take for the Earth to actually rebuild? And what might the Earth actually look like after another mass extinction event? And when do you anticipate you might have some of the answers? Well, we're starting to get some answers now. So there's the team of paleontologists that are going out. Uh, they've been working at this site called Corral Bluff uh, in the Denver Basin, which is our main uh, fossil site of focus. It records an incredible diversity of mammal fossils and mammal skulls. Um, they're still working, and they're going to continue to work uh, over the next five years. And they were going to start ramping up the chemical analyses of these fossils over the next couple of years. So in the next few years, we should have some results coming out. And we'll start to get a more clearer picture of what the world was like at this time period. Fascinating research. Uh, Kendra Kritz, thank you so much for sharing this with us this morning. Yes, thank you so much for having me. That is Kendra Kritz, Assistant Professor of Earth, Ocean and Atmospheric Sciences at UBC.